Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church podcast. It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor podcast features Sunday sermons. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the Word. Good morning, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us today. Just have a couple of thoughts that I wanted to share with you this morning for Anchor at Home. Let's start off by asking you this question. Which policy are you trusting in? All right, so let's, let's dig into that. So the first thing I wanna ask you to do is just want you to close your eyes for a moment and imagine that you are sitting on this beautiful, tranquil beach and all is right with the world. You're sitting on a chair and you're just listening to the surf and you've just got this beautiful beach behind you, this huge resort. All of the things that we just imagine exemplify wealth and exemplify possessions, but you're just sitting there and you're just enjoying that and you are just at peace. Now I want you to think about this next scenario. Imagine that you are at an altar at your church and the worship music is going. Maybe you are just on your knees before God and the presence of the Lord is just filling the place in such a powerful way. Maybe you can't even stand up, but you just sense it in such a powerful way and you are at peace. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment. If you have been in either one of those scenarios, you found yourself with things around you and and a place where you are just at peace or you found yourself at an altar in the presence of God, then you realize both of those scenarios are wonderful. There is nothing wrong with one or the other. And I think we would recognize being in the presence of God probably carries a little more weight, but going back to it, both situations, you're at peace. Now, let me ask you this question. Is there anything wrong with accumulating a nice house or a nice car or fancy vacations or anything like that? Is there anything inherently wrong with those? I think we would all agree, no, there's nothing wrong with getting those things in our lives. But if we look at these two situations, right? The beach, the accumulation, or being in the presence of God, we look in the Word, there are certain things that God has promised to us as His children, good things that He has promised to us. One of the things that He has not promised to us as His children are cars, homes, vacations. Again, is there anything inherently wrong with this? No. But why has God not, in that case, promised us those things as His children? The answer is simple, because they don't last. So let's go back again to the terms of which policy are you following today? Some of you may have heard this phrase before to describe some of those things as the American dream. And whether you have a positive outlook on that phrase or a negative, it's definitely one I think we can all agree that we have heard, the American dream. And and what is it? It wants us to plant our roots deep into things that are temporal. Whereas God's promise for our lives wants us to plant deep roots into what is eternal. Now let's go back and look at that again, the American dream. What is it, things that we commonly assume or associate with that success, possessions, money, even immortality through diet, exercise, not necessarily eternal life. What are God's promises to us as his children? His kingdom come, his will be done, his children to have everlasting life. Now let's look at the alternative to what God's promises are. Let's go back to it, the American dream. By its very nature, by its very description, the problem with the dream, everyone, is that in Eventually, a dream is something that you have to wake up from. 
it does not last. One of the ways that we drive the American dream is through insurance policies. Now, how are we gonna tie all this together? Let, let's look at that. What is an insurance policy? If I say that, many of you probably think of a health insurance policy, a life insurance policy, an auto insurance policy, identity theft, and goes on and on and on. The word insurance simply means to guarantee against loss or harm. Now, we'll come back to that. So if insurance is one major way that we maintain the American dream, how do we maintain the alternative, God's promise? Well, we know here that, you know, uh, if I have a car, I've got to insure it. If I have a home, I've got to insure it. I have a life, I, I have family, I have children, I have a life insurance policy. Those are things that myself, I have to maintain within that American dream or just even living life day to day. But as a child of God, I have promises. Okay, so if I have to maintain that, one of the ways is through insurance policies. How do I maintain God's promises? The simple answer is I don't maintain it. We do not maintain that. We don't have to. Hebrews chapter 10, starting at verse 19, it says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed pure with water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Here's the answer, guys. We don't. We have an assurance in God. We do not have insurance policies, but we have an assurance policy with God. One night I was talking to the Lord and he just dropped a phrase in my heart. And he said, Tommy, people want assurance. When they have it, they allow themselves to be at peace. And that just struck me so, it just stopped me right in my tracks. I'm gonna say it again. People want assurance. He didn't say insurance. He said people want assurance. And when they have it, they allow themselves to be at peace. So let's look at that for a second. Why is that? Because Let's just think about that for a second. When I have an assurance of something, when I have assurances made to me, it's something bigger than me. And when I've reached a place that I am now sure of something and not unsure, I can become at peace with that reality or that instance in my life. In our lives, we need to put our hope in assurance policies instead of insurance policies. Because ultimately, insurance doesn't bring us peace because at many times, it's our own efforts. Think about that. Insurance, it's what we put into it. You know, there's been times where I found myself, unfortunately, maybe because of an auto accident or this kind of things, having to tap into an insurance policy. And you know what? Many times, some of the things that I was promised don't always come through. Even though I've put into it, there are no guarantees. You know, in the mid 15th century, the word insure began to replace the word assure as a similarly defined word with the understood sense of, check this out, make safe against loss by payment of premiums. Think about that. Make safe against loss by payment of premiums. God's love and his promises and his peace, what are they guys? They are unending. They've always been there. They were there before you came, they've been with you every day and they will be with you long after. The premium for this, think about it. It was more than we could ever pay. So God paid it. God offers his assurances to us without premiums. Jesus paid it all. The word assurance occurs seven times in the Bible. The word assure occurs one. You know how many times the word insure occurs in the Bible? 
zero. First John chapter three and verse 19, we're gonna read that here. It says this, by this we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our heart before him. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and he knows everything. Somebody say amen. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and we do what pleases him. I want you to think about this. His heart is assured to us. He made that promise. So let us continue to assure our heart to him. You know, our heart is the only thing that we can guarantee. I have an absolute guarantee that when I make a decision about something that I can either decide to stick with it or not, it's in me. I can guarantee my heart to something. It's the one thing that I can. So if God has assured his heart to me, then I can assure my heart to him. Let's continue to move on. God's guarantees bring his assurance and in accordance with that, ultimately it brings his peace. Now, when we accept it and we walk in it, we'll find that even though we may go through circumstances that we don't know, we can rest in God's assurance and his guarantee that he does know and he will be with us. I wanna go back to the book of Hebrews chapter 10, but I wanna go down a little further to verse 32 through 36. It says, but recall the former days when after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction, and sometimes being partners with those so treated. For you had compassion on those in prison, and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property, since you knew that you yourself had a better possession and an abiding one. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. Let's think about that for a moment. What was being said there in the book of Hebrews? The believers were being reminded of times that they suffered loss for the kingdom of God. It says you even had your property maybe taken away from you. You suffered hardships, but you endured it. Why? Because you knew that you had a greater promise waiting for you than the promises of things in this world. In closing, I wanna tell a story. Some of you may know this story, you may not. In the 50s, there was a missionary by the name of Jim Elliott, and he, along with four other gentlemen, went down to deep into the jungles of Ecuador to a tribe called the Wadani, largely unreached people group, and they began to share with them the word of God and try to bring the truth to them about who God was and the changes that he could make in their lives if they accepted him. And for a time, they found success through different methods of trying to reach the people, but ultimately, through some deception within the tribe, all five of these men found themselves martyrs for the kingdom of God. And what happened afterwards was all five of these men whose wives were now widows, instead of becoming bitter and becoming um, you know, resentful towards these men and washing their hands of the assignment that their, that their husbands had gone down to, they found themselves missionaries themselves going down and ultimately reaching that entire tribe with the gospel of Jesus Christ. But there was something that Jim had written in his journals before they had really gotten down into the tribe. And I wanna make sure I wanna read it properly. It says, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. And of course, what Jim was talking about there was his relationship with Christ. Jim knew the risks of going down to this unreached tribe 
a tribe that had been very much cut off from civilization, you know, knowing that their life at any moment could be taken. But there was something else. And uh, in a documentary that I watched once on these men, there was a friend that went down there and actually helped retrieve them after, um, after they were martyred. He recounts the story and, and even with tears beginning to fill his eyes, he said that the men had weapons and of course they had things, but they had made the decision not to use them because they said that our souls were ready for heaven and theirs were not. And that to this day just continues to move me because look guys, we can all say that we would respond in this way or we would respond in that way. We never really know until we're faced with those life and death moments, what we would do. But these were men who had made the decision. We know that the assurance that we have in God, even if our life is taken here on earth, we know that we have an eternal assurance. And so in that, we may put our trust here on earth in insurance policies. If I lose my life, my wife gets to collect on my life insurance. But what happens to me? I know that I have an ultimate assurance policy that can never be taken away from me. And that is what those men were trying to bring to the Wadani tribe. And so they found themselves in a place where those very, you know, things that maybe they had put their trust in or whatever here on this earth ultimately did them no good. And they found themselves standing before the Lord. And I believe that he said to them, well done, good and faithful servants. You've put your assurance in me. And now that policy is going to come through. So final thoughts today. Which policy will we rely on? Will we put our hope in insurance policies? And I'll tell you right now, guys, we are finding ourselves in days right now where many things that maybe we worked very hard to acquire and, and things that we go do, right now, you're probably watching this from your living room with very little opportunity at the moment to step out and maybe go take advantage of those things. And we find ourselves in a position where we are very much brought down to the core of who we are, our families, our homes, and at the base, our relationship with God. And you know, we can have all of these things in our lives. And again, there's nothing inherently wrong with those things. But if we find ourselves in a place where we have found our soul happiness and our soul peace in doing these things, we might find ourselves right now in a place where we're you know, not in that much of a place of peace. Why? Because all of a sudden these things have been taken away from us and we're broken down to the core of who we are, sitting in a living room going, God, what is going on here? But for those of us that have placed our hope and our trust in the assurance policy of God, we can find ourselves in a place of peace going, God, I don't know what tomorrow holds. This may last for longer than they're expecting. This may last for less than what they're expecting. But God, I'm putting my hope and my trust in you, God. And though I may be going stir crazy right now, God, I know that you're bringing me peace. And when we look to the promises of God, we will truly find ourselves in a place of peace. The book of Matthew tells us, in closing, not to lay up treasures for ourselves where moth and rust destroy, but to lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven. You know, Psalm 20, verse 7 says that some trust in horses, some trust in chariots, but we trust in the name of our God. So today, rest in the name of our God and His assurance for us and be at peace. Let's close in prayer. God, we thank you so much that your word stands true. You are a shield to those who put their hope and their trust in your name. And Lord, while we have all of these uncertainties going around us, God, we know that though we may have put our monies and different things into insurance policies, God, we know right now that those things are probably lying dormant. And Father, we can still find ourselves maybe in a time where we are not in peace, but Lord, we know that when we trust in you and the promises of your word, Lord, we have an assurance and a hope. And today, Lord, may we put our hope and our trust in the assurance of you and find ourselves in your peace. We love you and we thank you, Jesus, and it's in that name we pray. Amen and amen. Thanks so much again for joining us. Be blessed.
Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at The Anchor. Have a great week and God bless.